2018 is coming to a close, and what a year it's been. From the euphoria of all-time highs to the reality of one of the most dramatic corrections the crypto world has ever seen. We've seen it all this year. ICOs slowly went out of fashion, the SEC has taken action, and the Bitcoin world is disrupted by multiple forks. Meanwhile, every moment of every day all around the world, blockchain technology moves in one direction forward. And that's because big businesses and entrepreneurs alike see the opportunity arising from this new tech that can help make the world a better place. So let's take a look back at some of the bigger stories of 2018 on our Crypto Year in Review, episode number 223 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. It is the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and the crypto end of yearus. That's almost like a dinosaur name. I'm Joel Com. He's Travis Wright. We are the blockchain blockheads, the crypto clowns. And there's a reason we're your favorite show. We don't know what it is, but there's a reason. I like you guys. I like us. We have fun with it. Yeah. And here we are, year in review. I can't believe it. It's a, so this really marks a year and a half of us doing this show and we're going to cover some of the highs and the lows of 2018 but first a big shout out to our partners and sponsor at warbly come on by now you've checked it out right warbly.io we're talking new tech with more accountability we're talking services that are compliant and auditable with identity verification built in we're talking about trust which is what blockchain is supposed to be all about so we're talking efficient honest accessible financial services for all and this is a bunch of different financial services it's personal banking it's business banking it's e-commerce it's insurance it's all under this umbrella these guys are bringing it all together and you guys can check it out they're compliant and regulated warbly.io thanks to warbly for being a partner of bad crypto and we encourage everybody to go see what they are up to warbly go check it out we encourage you around the world this is the 2018 crypto year in review i'm roger mudd welcome to the show roger Remember, Roger, you know, the newscasters, they have to take this very serious, trusted approach. I'm Walter Cronkite. And this they is used the, to. They used to. Yeah. That's what they used to do. Now they're just dancing monkeys. Well, did you uh, year in review? I don't know if you saw this or not, but I thought I thought it was pretty telling that the 2014 CNN Journalist of the Year <laughs> got busted for basically making up pretty much all of his stories. And he, he even admitted, he goes, I need help. I am sick. Yeah. He, he just, most of his stories were just complete fiction. In, in another country, it wasn't in, it wasn't the U.S. version of the network. But uh, yeah, that is true. There is a lot of uh, fake newsery going on in the world. But what you're going to get today is real news. And so why don't we go kind of chronological, Travis, and just kind of start where where things were on uh, on January 1st. In fact, if we open up CoinMarketCap, there's some really great tools 
here that you can check out to uh, you know to check the history of the cryptos. But if we go specifically mm-hmm. to January first, two thousand eighteen, the crypto market cap on that day. I'm trying to pinpoint it exactly. Here. I got it. Okay, five hundred and ninety-eight billion dollars, and the total volume in the previous twenty-four hours was almost twenty-five billion dollars. Wow. Wow. And and what was the price of Bitcoin on that day? Um, I know that I think on this one article that we're looking at here, the uh, blog uh, Seedly.sg, it looks like on the 30 on the 1st of January, Bitcoin was thirteen thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. So it had already sort of fallen from its all time high a little bit. And uh, it was it was beginning to trend now because it hit it hit. Um, Twenty thousand dollars, I believe, like on the twentieth or it the seventeenth, or something like that, or December. Yeah, it was the eighteenth, and it really it was only in that range for about three days. If you look historically, December sixteenth, it hit seventeen thousand seven hundred and change, and by December twenty first, it was back to sixteen six. So there was just few days spike where it was like, oh my gosh, we're going to the moon. Get your helmet on. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, but, but, you know, that was one of those things, though, is that I know that you and I were sort of relatively new in the whole space, relatively speaking, because, you know, we, we didn't take into account the, the, the Bitcoin cash fork and all that new money that had been created. All that money went into Bitcoin and all that money came out of Bitcoin and went into these alts and all these altcoins rose. And and so from, you know, December, middle of December to the middle of January, that was the craziest stuff that we had seen. Hindsight being 2020, we should all of us should have just sold all of our crypto right then. And but we did not because we thought it was gonna you know what? I was hedging my bet. I was hedging my bet until crypto got to a trillion dollars. I thought when it got to 800, 700, it was cruising up, we're gonna hit a trillion. And nope. And so who knows how long it's gonna take for the whole market cap to get back up to a near a trillion dollars. It got up to about $850 billion. That's when I was going to sell. When I got to a trillion, I was like, there it is, a trillion, but didn't get there. Well, it was it was, it was, was actually, I think he did it in 2008 and um, 17 still when Charlie Lee sold off all of his Litecoin. It, it was right. It was around mid-December. So technically not this year in review, but that kind of he was the one that captured the attention in the news for, you know, being the guy to uh, to sell off all of his crypto. And turned out he was the smartest guy in the room. Definitely was really intelligent to do that. I mean, Bitcoin got I mean, when Litecoin got it to what, 300, 350 bucks, something like that at its all time high. And now it's sitting at thirty two dollars, twenty nine dollars, something. And pretty crazy to watch that stuff go up and then seeing a literal hard 90% drop off in some cases. In some coins, like like QTUM, Quantum, and a couple other ones, they dropped down like 99%. So, I mean, if you were holding on for dear life, like, you know, the whole adage is in the whole crypto world, was not the best decision. Instead of hodl, you should have soddle. <laughs> Sold. Not hold yeah yeah it does but i guess we're all a little bit wiser now right mr Jocom? so if this thing goes parabolic in the future take some gains yep maybe we'll see if we're wiser when uh when it you know happens again uh this happened also you know 2018 
we were still seeing a lot of ICOs coming into the new year. But this is interesting from this article on Null TX. By February, almost half of the ICOs held in 2010, 2017 failed to hit their targets. They didn't raise the funding amounts that they were going for. So there was already signs here that, you know, with the markets coming down, even through January, that people are like, mm, maybe I don't want to toss my money into new projects right now. Yeah. And then in, in also in January of 2018, that's when the uh, Coins Bank crypto cruise was going on and the all time high had just hit. And then <laughs> that I was on the cruise and I had no Wi-Fi. So no, all these people were on here and we were getting just little glimpses of crypto news and none of us could really sell because you know we had no wi-fi and the price was was tanking and um and so that was that was a pretty crazy thing then also in january uh right after that went from uh i went from the coins bank cruise and then met you mr joel Com, from a, i went from a beach in thailand to about eight feet of snow in davos that was crazy yeah we went to the uh what was the name of the the thing there? It was concurrent with the World mm -hmm. Economic Crypto Forum. HQ. Crypto HQ, yeah. And um, we spent several days there with with snowdrifts that were two cars high. It was absolutely insane. We had to get those um, those things for our boots that would grip into the ice so we didn't fall and break our our posteriors. Well, the roads were so treacherous. They were completely snowed in and ice. Now you add a bunch of foreign dignitaries, and so you have all these roads that are blocked off. So if you wanted to drive a mile away, you were basically just sitting on pavement. You were sitting in a parking lot, and those people were not moving. Nothing was moving, and it was crazy. And so, you know, we finally got the bright idea. I think somebody, I think Ted Moskowitz brought over a pair of those things. I was like, oh, these are awesome. And then I went to a store. And then each you and I both got a pair, and uh, those things are freaking awesome. I just literally put them over the top of my tennis shoes, and now I have super snow boots. It was great. It, it was it was fun to be there, but it was also miserable all at the same time. Uh, we've uh, we have been all over the place though this year, you know, talking about. Uh, Bitcoin in crypto, and it's been fun. I think we probably did Bad Crypto Live at what seven or eight events. We had a blast doing that. And you know what? Not only did we have a blast, but the audience came up. A lot of the audience members would come up afterwards and say that us doing a bad crypto live in a lot of cases was the highlight of the event for them because it was very entertaining. A lot of times you'll see these events. There's it's just like ICO pitch and crypto pitch and very, you know, a lot of these people are not professional speakers. They're pretty boring they're, or they're dull or they're not captive. They're not keeping people's attention. And so for us to come into these events and, and make it entertaining, we got a lot of great feedback from that. And I believe that we're going to continue to, uh, to do some of this moving forward, right, Mr. Joel Kyle? Absolutely. That is the, uh, the plan. So the, uh, the G20 in March said that they have a, something called a financial stability board. And they evaluated cryptos and said that they don't think crypto assets pose a threat to global markets. Right. I don't know if they don't see that as a threat because they're not big enough yet, if that's like a not yet um, type story or if they felt like just in general that um, that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Or maybe it was like, no, no, this doesn't pose a threat. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> 
and then and then the price of crypto goes down. So I don't know. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about manipulation of big whales and you know people and organizations. Because one thing I noticed was that right when the what the CMOE the the Chicago thing opened up to be able to futures. trade yeah futures in Bitcoin, then like right after that the price started tanking almost immediately. And I don't know how that you know, I don't know the correlation of that with the total market cap going down, but it was peculiar that the more institutional money came in, it was like they were like, well, we don't want to buy Bitcoin at twenty grand. We'd much rather buy it at four grand. And here we are at four grand. Right here we are at four grand. In fact, this would be a good time to talk about this story that you know you sent me just a couple of days ago from CNBC that there are. There's a bipartisan effort. Two congressmen, one Republican, one Democrat, are looking to change the SEC's 72-year-old securities definition to exclude cryptocurrencies, which would, you know, include um, a portion of the legislation that would mean when you're trading for in-kind, crypto to crypto, that every time you do a trade, it's not a taxable event. Yeah, I read this and I said, wow. You know, we've already we've had a lot of conversations this year, Mr. Jokam, about if the C the SEC or the CFTC were able to split and maybe create its own crypto trading commission, right? Crypto asset. I would say the CATC, the CAT C is what I would probably call it, the crypto asset trading commission. And that would be very helpful because then you have a commission that is experts in crypto assets. Right now you have people who have a hammer and have been doing things the same way for 72 years and they expect them to be done the same way across the board and not taking into account that innovation has taken place and as a result of the heavy hand of the SEC innovation is leaving America and going to other countries and I think now we're seeing with the new chief of staff Mick Mulvaney that just got hired for Trump who is very pro bitcoin very pro crypto assets and then this right here, this piece of legislature that if it goes through could be really huge to, you know, separate the SEC from crypto assets, maybe creating its own sort of entity to monitor and regulate them. That would be a much better deal. And I think if that were to occur, then crypto could go boom. But, you know, who knows? We're not financial advisors, but in my estimation, that would be the bullish of the bullish type of signals that we can see. Bullish of the bullish. I like that. That's like that's like mm -hmm. horns on top of horns. Super bully. And, and you know, mm -hmm. the tax situation is confusing for a lot of people. And I think if you talk to 10 different CPAs, you're going to get 10 different piece of pieces of advice. Uh, you know, I'm not a financial advisor, but my advice is always pay your taxes, you know, pay what's what's due on your taxes. But we're going to be interviewing uh, Andrew Karnofsky. Uh, who is a crypto CPA sometime in January and bringing you a show on uh, how to approach that uh, with the current regulation that we have. So here's some interesting news from April that happened. NASDAQ CEO, they announced that they are open to becoming a crypto exchange. They have not done that yet, but they're still talking about it. And in the future, they most likely will become some sort of, of crypto exchange. That's pretty bullish. That's more signs of adoption by mainstream financial organizations and hasn't happened yet. 
but they're 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 becoming open to it. Things move really slow in the financial world. And when you've got something as disruptive as cryptocurrency making its way into the mainstream, uh, you've got these big players that are taking a hard look at how do we make this happen? You know, whether they're governments or the world financial institutions or, you know, the businesses that are building on blockchains. You know, we just got news the other day that Amazon is building out you know, their own blockchain. And we know that Facebook is hiring people with blockchain skills. So, you know, like I said in the intro, and I will repeat again and again, when you're looking at the prices of crypto as an investor or a dealer or a trader, you know, you're looking at something that's important at that moment. But when you look at the big picture of what's happening, uh, crypto stories are not going away. Companies are not ceasing. You know, they're not going, oh, well, the price of Bitcoin is down. And so uh, let's not look at using blockchain technology. No, it, it, it's in fact, it's just the opposite. More and more companies are moving towards blockchain technology. No, blockchain's a fad, Mr. Joel Kahn. How many damn times I got to tell you this, boy? You're a blockchain fad. Blockchain is a fad. You're a fad. You're fantastic. Oh, yeah. Would you call me? Are you fad shaming? Yeah, and because we've got big companies getting involved, that also means the rumor mill is stirred. And there was in May a rumor around Goldman Sachs uh, purportedly building the first Wall Street Bitcoin operation, which turned out to be fake news. Didn't happen. Did not happen. It was fake news. There's so much fake news, though, you know, in the crypto world as well, right? There's rumors. Journalists get a hold of a tip. They think something's going to happen. Oh, this ETF is going to launch. The SEC is going to approve this. And, you know, and then it, it doesn't happen. And people lose faith because they believe these sensational stories. When it happens, you'll know that it's happened because there'll be official announcements. That is true. And, um, you know, one thing that happened early on in the year during the crypto rise, you know, Facebook, they banned crypto advertisements. They did not allow ICOs to advertise anymore. I know that Reddit, they never let any ICOs do any advertising. Google, they stopped allowing crypto projects to do ICOs. Google banned, you know, bad crypto from YouTube, Right. Because we had a video on there about Coinbase and how to get your $10 free from signing up and somebody reported us or whatever. And then we got banned and then we said, screw you guys and we don't need you, YouTube. You know, uh, about, but it's crazy about that, by the way, I, I talked to a friend who has known people at YouTube and he said, you know, I talked to multiple people and they said that YouTube was cracking down on crypto channels. And there was probably a hundred that got banned at that time. But meanwhile, if you go to YouTube and type crypto and Bitcoin, you're going to find big channels. And they mm -hmm. weren't banned. And a lot of them are scammy as heck. I mean, they're they're making recommendations that people buy and sell stuff. And we were just interviewing people. So you know what, YouTube, screw you. You know, I was actually looking at that just the other day, and I'm not I'm not hating on Superman, but he's got about a hundred and fifty thousand subscribers. And if you look at all of his videos, it's like Oh, is this the best blockchain ever? Oh, what about WAN chain? Is this the best one? You know, you're, you're like, all of his, his titles are so sensational. And it's like, how? Because we, all we were doing was interviewing people. We never even recommended one coin once. And we got, we got pop. That was crazy. 
pop, pop, just like that. Uh, the year's also been full of some uh, negative things. You know, we've seen hacking take place, uh, Korea especially, in 2018. Uh, I believe it was in June that CoinRail and BitThumb saw a loss of over $71 million dollars. Um, between the two of them and you know so that's that's been pretty bad maybe you know they were accusing um, North Korea of doing it who knows where it really came from but over a billion dollars in crypto have been stolen from investors and traders over a two-year period with more than half of that being in 2018 according to this article on blockonomy.com that's a lot of coins that is a lot of coins. And I do think that, that Mr. Joel Com, that's one thing that does hinder a lot of mass adoption because, you know, is grandma going to get on the crypto space and be all like, hey, let me figure this cryptos out. Oh, some hacker stole my cryptos. And then, like, grandma doesn't understand that. Grandma doesn't want to get a hard wallet. Grandma doesn't want to do cold storage. Grandma, you, you don't know, know that. Grandma wants to make it easy. Grand grandma wants to write. Grandma wants to write a check at the grocery store. Grandma got run over by some Bitcoin. <laughs> by crypto hacker. Yeah, a grandma might want a hard wallet. You don't know that, but it's true. You know, Main Street um, wants it to be easy, and we're moving towards that. It's really going to be fascinating to see, uh, and we'll cover this in our prediction show on New Year's Day about where people think you know, usability and adoption is going to go in, uh, in 2019, you know, when we, well, speaking of that, that's one of the things that's popped up back, back in August, uh, there was an announcement of backed B A K K T and how the, the way they pitched it was, Oh, imagine you're going to soon, you'll be able to go to every Starbucks and, you know, buy your latte with some crypto. Well, that hasn't transpired, and Backed hasn't fully launched their service yet, but they're getting pretty close, and that could be one of those Netscape browser moments where more and more people are able to accept crypto because it makes it uh, makes it a lot easier to to utilize. So that's what we need. We're still looking for that Netscape moment where crypto becomes easy for them for the mainstream folks mm -hmm. and for those of you who don't understand what that netscape moment means you know when before netscape which was the first mainstream web browser you know for a graphic uh, interface browsing the web was difficult it was all line commands and it wasn't you know it wasn't easy to to do it wasn't uh, intuitive and then netscape came out with the browser and all of a sudden the web became accessible to the masses mm -hmm. So, I remember watching a roommate using Mosaic, and it was like not easy. And I was watching, and then he was getting on some, you know, the build, you know, the BBS servers and stuff. And I was just watching. I was like, I was like, yeah, this looks all cool and all. I'm gonna wait till this becomes a little easier to use because I, I don't have the patience for this. Right. And uh, <laughs> and I remember watching him, and he was like, oh man, this is so great. I'm like, wow, that is so slow. Good lord. Yeah. What is that? What is the page going to load? <laughs> when's when's my when's my porn picture going to finally arrive? You know, speaking of back, there was actually a story this week on CoinDesk that initially they were planning on January 24th as the launch date, but the company that's the the parent company of Backed Ice 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 Baby has yet to receive the necessary approvals from the CFTC, and that means they may not approve it in time. It could push back even more. So when it happens is what happens. And 
everything else is speculation and just a random date. And when it happens, guess what? Bad crypto will be there to tell you when and how and what and who and, where, and why and how and other things that are important. and other things. You know, as we talked about, you know, YouTube and the giants of tech, we also saw uh, you know, Facebook had initially banned advertising on crypto companies, and uh, they lifted that ban in June for certain companies, and then immediately after that in July, Google banned all crypto related advertising you know allegedly to review and see uh what's you know what what are we going to do here how are we going to manage this um another thing that was interesting is in october uh, uh on i guess on halloween while we while we were in las vegas at world crypticon the uh the 10th anniversary of the bitcoin white paper happened so Bitcoin now is in double digits, baby. You know we're not we're not toddlers anymore. Uh, we're I guess tenth grade, tenth, ten years old. I guess we're in fourth grade. Well, we've grown up so much that we can have all kinds of disputes, and you know we've seen multiple Bitcoin forks take place, um, and of course the Bitcoin Cash fork of 2017 was very controversial. But just in November, Bitcoin Cash had a hard fork and there was dispute amongst the Bitcoin cash community of which is the real Bitcoin. And so now we have BCH ABC, which is Bitcoin cash as we've known it. And we have Bitcoin cash SV, which stands for Satoshi's vision. And we're not done with the forks. There's going to be more forks and there's going to be more coins and there's going to be more dispute. And this is actually, in my mind, one of the biggest problems that we've got in the crypto space is we've got all these people with their own ideas of what Bitcoin is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have all these developers that were in Bitcoin Core disagreeing and saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna fork off and create our own." I heard the latest one they're doing is Bitcoin STD. Um, it's really hard to get rid of that. It's really the fork is dangerous. It's crazy. So I mean. That's one of the things is like, we always go, oh, there's only 21 million Bitcoin. Oh, until they fork and magical internet money gets created from thin air again. You know, I mean, that's really what, what led the, the huge run up last year was Bitcoin cash fork and all that money being created out of thin air. And then people kept doing it like, oh, Bitcoin super diamond. Oh, like how many ridiculous forks were there? Bitcoin gold and all of them like crazy now here we are now bitcoin now the forks are forking and i think the forks that the dispute amongst you know bitcoin cash with the hard fork uh hash wars taking place you know manipulation on exchanges the etf's not coming to fruition the cost of mining going up even though difficulty's gone down we've got you know miners that have quit mining uh you know there's just so mm -hmm. much uncertainty. And I think that the hard fork, you know, had a big role in our drop from, you remember, Bitcoin was was sticking pretty close to five and six thousand uh, until November. And then we had this other big drop. And, you know, here we are actually recording this year in review about a week before this episode is airing. And uh, to kind of tell you where we are right now, you know, the market cap is 129 billion. Bitcoin has been dancing up, you know, up to 4,000 and above and below here every hour. It seems like it changes. And, you know, where's it going to be by the time you listen? I don't know. But it seems to me, Mr. Travis Wright, seems to me that we 
are finding a reasonable bottom. I that's what I think. Well, are you a financial advisor? I am not a financial advisor. <laughs> well, then we don't know that to be true, then do we? No, it was. <laughs> I hope so. My opinion. I sure hope. I sure do hope that we are near the bottom, um, because you know what? I know that uh, over the past few months, my blockfolio was tearing up quite a little bit. And I was like, why is my phone wet? And then I noticed that Blockfolio was crying. <laughs> and so it's, it's really weird, strange stuff. But you know what? What can you do? And uh, hopefully that changes. But you know what? What's one thing we've always known? We've talked about it multiple times. Crypto goes up. Crypto goes down. And when crypto goes up, it's like there's, it's like, it's like it's sitting on a rocket ship. And when crypto goes down, it's just kind of like a little, like it's gone down this whole year. And it's not been just one massive just sort of drop. Now, there was a big drop from 20 down to about 13. It was kind of like a oh, off a cliff, right? And then, like, people were like, oh, are we going to go back over 15? And uh, uh. Nope. And uh, so who knows when we're going to hit $20,000 again. Now, if you look historically and you look at the charts, you know, this kind of thing happens similarly you know, every four years after they've done the every, after they've done the happening, where the um, you know where the Bitcoin reward you know gets cut, cut in half. So now we're sitting at twelve point five Bitcoin every ten minutes. That's going to half again, I think, in two thousand twenty. And so maybe in two thousand twenty one, that will be the next time that we have a big, ridiculous sort of skyrocketing type of thing. But who knows? It, you know, we can we can get some really big news that says. You know, the CFTC and the SEC, and they're going to create, you know, the crypto asset thing, and it's going to do its own deal. And maybe, you know, regulation happens, and it's not a bad thing. And, you know, there, there could be anything in the news that sort of makes it take off, but um, it, it remains to be seen what that is. Well, you know, if we look at coin market cap a year ago uh, today, you know, Bitcoin was on top then, but Ethereum was the number two in market cap. Bitcoin Cash was number three, XRP Ripple was number four, Litecoin was five, Cardano was six, IOTA was seven, Dash was number eight, NEM was nine, and Monero was number 10. So what's changed in the year? Well, Dash, NEM, Monero, Cardano, none of those are in the top 10 anymore. Instead, we have EOS, which is in the number five position, Stellar, number six, Tether is always in the top 10 now for trading volume. We've got Bitcoin SV and we have Tron. So, you know, that's the difference that that a year makes. Uh, some of these that were in the top 10, all of them are still in the top 20. But there's definitely been some shifts. Well, I mean, look at it over the last five years. Namecoin and Mastercoin and some of these other ones that were up there. Peercoin, like... They're they're not even in the top hundred now, right? So, as technology and innovation continues, new crypto projects and new crypto assets will sit atop the whole the whole area. But one thing that has always remained is Bitcoin, always sitting at the top of the mountain, and that's the way that it is, and that's the way that it has always been, and it might not always be that way. Right now, Bitcoin dominance is about fifty three percent. We saw last year in some cases where. Bitcoin dominance got down to like in the 30s, 32%, 29% maybe one time where it, it most of the market cap was sitting inside Bitcoin value. Like right now, $17 billion worth of market cap traded in the last 24 hours. That's a huge amount. And next year, we're probably going to be looking at about 50 to 100 
billion dollars a day traded in crypto volume. So is crypto and crypto assets and you know blockchain projects going away, Mr. Jolcom? It, it doesn't look like it. Haven't you heard though? Bitcoin's dead. I have heard that about 400 times. And it continues to be said by people because they're looking at the prices and not what's happening in the blockchain space in general. Oh, another thing I think that's that can help out the adoption is more merchants accepting crypto. And, you know, we recently had Coin Payments, the CEO of Coin Payments on the show. What Alex Alexov Alexandrov. He's got he says three names of Alex, but uh, he's from Ukraine. That's how they roll over there. One thing that they finally accepted was the ability to if a, if a merchant accepts crypto, they can immediately convert it into stable coins. Because I think that's the missing piece for some of these, you know, uh, vendors and e-commerce providers and small businesses to accept crypto is that why are they going to want to accept crypto whenever they can get $100 worth of crypto? And by the time the end of the day is here, it's worth $80, right? So for them to be able to connect it and switch that over to stable coins through coin payments, I think that's a huge thing. And so more things like that popping up. Uh, in in the space in 2019 are going to be some of the things that I think that are going to help drive adoption of crypto because you need more merchants that accept crypto. The more merchants that accept crypto, the more people will pay in crypto. And that stablecoin thing, I think, is just a really key thing to to be able to you know not lose value because it's the volatility. Mm. An excellent analysis, Mr. Travis Wright, and a good way to wrap up our 2018 year in review coming up on our next episode is going to be our new year's day episode which is 2019 predictions and you're not going to want to miss this because we've got a lot of key players in the industry who have something to say about where they think blockchain bitcoin and cryptocurrency is going in the coming year you're not going to want to miss it because if you do you're going to miss it thanks again for listening to the bad crypto podcast please you know you want to give a gift to somebody for the holidays, for the new year, you want to give somebody a New Year's gift, give them the gift of bad crypto. So, hey, you go listen to the show. You might not learn anything, but you'll laugh a little bit. And most importantly, you'll learn how to stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.